what would you do if you had to enter a race with 20,000 other people in order to become the best in the world? Would that scare you? Would it freak you out a bit? Ooh, well, let's talk about it. Yep, it's another show, episode 24 to be exact, and we're about to take it back to my homeland today. Bet you didn't know? Yeah, I'm from the land of cool runnings and red stripe. (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-huh, and my guest today has a story of coming from Jamaica to success. But before we hop into that story, have you called me yet? No, seriously, have you called me yet? I'm like so waiting and wanting to hear your voice on my voicemail. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Call me. All right. I want to play your message on an upcoming episode. So leave me a message by going to www.robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. That's www.robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. I'm a reader and I want to share a book I've read recently. It's The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. And this book shares the secret to making decisions that could allow you to create leaps in your life and methods to creating success through decisions and discipline. The link of this book is in the show notes, but the book is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Okay. Let's jump into the show. Today, my guest is Ayadi. Some of y'all don't know what that means. Trust me, it's a good thing. Mark Brown, my guest, is an awesome coach, keynote speaker, and all-around inspiring person. He is the 1995 world champion of public speaking. Yeah, that's a while, but they can't take your title away unless you took performance enhancers. But in public speaking, performance enhancers actually sounds like a good thing, all right? Anyway, Mark has an amazing story of persevering and succeeding against the odds. Mark Brown has a story. Let's tell it. So I want to bring on my friend. I'll call him my friend right now, and we're going to get even closer later on, but I'll call him my friend, my buddy, Mayute. Yeah, Mark. Mark Brown. <laughs> How are you doing, Mark? I am doing very, very well, sir. How are you? I'm excellent, man. (laughs) Glad to hear it. (laughs) Good, good. I'm glad that you made it, that you're able to be on the show hanging out with me today. So what's happening in your end of the world, my friend? Well, I live in central Georgia right now. And Mm -hmm. sadly, what's happening is it's pollen season, you know. And I tell the truth, being a Jamaican boy from way, way back in the day of the old islands, you know, didn't have pollen to contend with, right? So I'm dealing with that right now, fighting an allergy, but that's okay because that's part of what life brings. Even yeah. though we have these little issues, the most important thing is what do you focus on? What's important to you? For me, it's family, it's friends, it's serving others and serving my God. And that's what my life is all about, brother. That's it. You know, that's lovely, man. That's, that's amazing. So uh, your, your story, I've read some pieces from your website and some yeah. other pl- places that you had information and you have one of those stories, probably the same type of story that my dad had okay. when he came 
from Jamaica to the United States as well. And you, you desperate for a dream, $40 in your pocket, man. Still, yeah, I was 18 years old. I had 40 bucks in my pocket. And my father, uh, I don't want anyone to think my, my dad was a bad guy. My father, at the age of 47, made a critical decision with a wife and three teenage kids to start life all over again in the land of opportunity. And he sold everything he had. And all he could afford to give me at the time was $40 and to send me to the Bronx, New York, to live with his sister, my aunt, who was a divorced mother of two children. And to show you how family is important, this woman gave me her daughter's twin bed in her small two-bedroom Bronx apartment. Wow. She and her daughter went to sleep in her bedroom on a mattress and a box spring to give me a chance to start a brand new life in America. Family will do that for you. And my father had the faith, God bless him, to believe that he could start over at 47 with wow. three teenage kids and a mother in a new country and make it. And I'll make it on my own. Very briefly, I saw my father really become my hero when he sat in the American embassy in Kingston and told the embassy, told, it, told the consular officer in front of my mother, my siblings, and me. He told them he was willing to take a job as a food clerk in a market just for the opportunity wow. to start life in America. He passed away in November of 2017 at 84 after living a long, healthy, productive life. My father sent me to New York with 40 bucks. I started there. My brother went to, to, to Florida later. My sister went to Florida, and she became a, a bank vice president of marketing of, of mortgage. My brother became a big wig at the, um, in state of Florida, IT guy. They call him the whiz kid. He retired yeah. very soon. And I was a guy I left in New York to do different things. And my background, actually, is computer programming. Wow. Which, eventually, <laughs> which, just, which seems so far disconnected from my current job of my current work, my current yes. mission, which is keynote speaking and also personal coaching and consultation to build other presenters and to build human beings. So, but my dad said he believes I could do it, and I thank God I did not prove him wrong. <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about family just for a second. My, sure. my father is, is a big believer in, in legacy and things passed down. And, and so to hear you talk about your success being world champion, 1995 world champion of public speaking, and then your own brother and sister, their successes as well. Yes. What is it that parents need to do? How did your parents instill that resourcefulness or that success mentality in you? Well, you speak to me, you're, go, you're leading me down a path here because you understand the Jamaican mentality. Yeah. Uh, we believe in hard work. We believe in accountability. We believe in respect for yourself, for property, for other people. We believe an honest day's work, an honest day's pay. And we believe you put the effort in. Uh, I'm not trying to knock any other part of the American culture or what I see today. But I'll be really honest, you know. I am nearer 60 than 50, okay? And I spent 20-plus years delivering presentations in middle and high schools across North America. You may not know this, but I have spoken to over 1.5 million teenagers. Wow. So, so I've seen the dynamic. I've seen, in some cases, a sense of entitlement. I've seen an attitude that says, I'll do enough to get by. Wow. I'm not saying it's pervasive. I say I've seen it. But with, where I come from in Jamaica, you had to do the work. Besides, education runs five generations deep in my family, mm. which means RK3, I could not get away with anything. 
In my elementary school, my grandmother taught there. I went to high school, my aunt taught there. My mother was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. My son is now 32 years old in Washington, D.C. He was also a school teacher, and he's now a manager of staffing in the D.C. public school system. I tell you that to say, no matter where I went, the emphasis on education, hard work, and, and getting things done was part of the culture in which I grew up. I also grew up in a culture where it took a village to raise a child. So as a little boy, if I behave badly, any adult would see me and reprimand me, not careful, I get a spanking. And I would pray right. nobody tell my father. Why? Because I get number two. <laughs> but the idea was, that the attitude was, these are our children. Right. This is our neighborhood. They are our future. Let's help them all to work hard to achieve goals and to be successful. So I grew up with that mentality and that environment. And that is really the root of, of, of my efforts, my work, and the things I've accomplished in my life so far. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Hey, y'all, just making sure that you remember there is a lot more goodness available for you. Head back over to a previous episode. In order to grab some treats that will make a difference, go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, and all of your major podcast directories to get some goodness. And by goodness, I mean the RK3 show. Let me know what you think. After you've listened to an episode or two, make sure that you leave a review of the show. And now, back to the show. So let's talk about Toastmasters just for a moment. You, sure. you said you came here at 18, different country, different yeah. culture, and you came here and went through the process of defeating more than 20,000 people to ah. get to, to this title, right? And it's, yes, it's, not, it's, it's not this thing where it's just the elites. It's not the, the athletes who are, who, who are already built with certain physical attributes that, that make it. It's the work that you said that you put in. So oh, yes. all of this is happening. What's going through your mind Knowing well, your background and your, your, <laughs> as, you, as you get closer to the end of this. Well, you know, I, I got involved in Toastmasters because my uncle, the late Justice Courtney Orr of Kingston, Jamaica, was the very first Toastmaster in Jamaica in 1984. He brought wow. the program there. And he, wow. I, he came to New York one day and saw me and told me about it. And I was very intrigued. Went to Reader's Digest as a computer programmer in 92 and was told it's a Toastmasters club. You need to join immediate connection. My uncle does that. I'll try that too. I went right. in and I was honestly quite intimidated by the other speakers who were there. Wow. They were that good. But the program allows anyone to excel, excel, excel and to exceed their own expectations. I believe I was a decent communicator, but through the program, I got better. And the contest is six levels back then, a club, Area, division, district, region, and then world championships. Right. And in 1994, I entered my contest by accident on two hours' notice as a late sub for somebody else. The wow. lesson is, given a chance to try something new and challenging, say yes. You never know what it can teach you. Mm. To my surprise, RK3, I took six months of competition, and I ended up in the final in 94 and didn't know what I was doing. I believe wow. I got lucky. But lesson number two, 
someone approached me and told me I had talent. His name is David Brooks, 1990 world champion. He said, I will mentor you if you would like. I said, wow. yes, thank you. A world champion wanted to help me. He saw potential in me. Lesson number two, people will see in you what you don't see in yourself. Wow. I, I took his help and took six months and six more levels went from club, area, division, district, region, went back to the finals. And I learned something powerful. Lesson number three, here it is. There were nine finalists, only one world champion in 94. Mr. Mm -hmm. Brooks offered his help to seven other people in 94. Of the seven, only one said yes. That was <laughs> Wow. True story. So I go back to the final and I say, okay, I've got to deliver the message of my life. And I worked for six weeks on a particular speech, but in my heart, it didn't feel like it was the best speech I could give. All this while working every single day on my day job as a computer analyst at Reader's Digest in New York. And I wrote David a note. I said, David, this is not my best work. You deserve better. My wife deserves better. My family, my audience, and my God deserve my best. This is not it. And through wisdom and guidance, I made a critical decision that people don't normally make. With fewer than three weeks to go, I tossed my speech out, took an old speech I had a year ago, dusted it off, totally reworked it, and finally got it ready the week of the finals. When wow. most contestants have been doing weeks of rehearsals to get ready, I was finalizing my speech. So much so that when I delivered my talk that Saturday morning in San Diego, California, only my coach and my family had actually seen that speech delivered. It was that fresh. So the emotion to answer your question is, is a mixture of emotions. There is excitement. There is nervousness you have to control. There is a desire to leave a message you want the audience to walk away with because you know you have seven minutes to touch 2,000 lives. So what wow. do you do with it? So it wasn't pressure for me. The day of the contest, I was like a caged bull in a rodeo. I was saying, just let me get on stage and deliver this message. That's all I want to do. And let's see what happens after that. And that is exactly what I did. I, gave, I went out there, gave my message, and the audience reaction was so powerful. For about five seconds, I felt a touch of arrogance. And I said, I was speaker number eight of nine. I said wow. to myself, boy, I don't want to be speaker number nine right now. With that response. <laughs> But wow. the reason I felt so confident, RK3, is this. I knew I had done the work, invested effort up late at night, working in the office till nine at night, trying to get this thing ready, because I believed in the power of my message. I believed in its value to the audience, and I believed I had to do my best for my family, for my community, for my club, for my district, because the people all over the world will get to hear this message. I better do my best. And that's where I was coming from. Wow. So, Mark, what would you say has happened in your life as a result oh, of the oh, championship? Uh, I have one word for you. Transformation. Wow. As a result of me delivering that presentation in August of 1995, I have been privileged to speak to thousands upon thousands of people, about maybe, maybe 2 million people in the last 25 years. I have wow. spoken on five continents. I've been to Saudi Arabia, South Korea, South Africa, Australia, Hong Kong, Dubai, Jamaica, Grand Cayman. I mean, I have literally been all over the world on the back of that one speech I gave 24 years ago which wow. people still watch on YouTube to this very day and have told me that the message is still current 
it is still relevant to this day. So I count it a blessing, a privilege, but also a responsibility to share what I have with the world, given the opportunity to do so. Yeah. So I want to transition just a little bit here to something critical. Sure. Still in the, in the world of speaking. Now, one of the things you do is you speak to corporations. Yes. All over the world about excellence and yes. about overcoming their fears. How did you know that was the topic? I asked that because there are so many speakers yeah. who struggle with centralizing or narrowing down, nailing down their topic. How, how did you come to that? Well, you know, the part about fear is the lesser of the two. Because right. from my heart, again, going back to the, old, to the old country, to Jamaica, to the family, to the whole idea of, of growth and education, I believe that excellence should be the goal. Can I say that perfection is attainable? Perhaps not. Mm-hmm. But excellence, to me, is a moving target. Because I can be excellent where I am today, but I may learn something. And for me, every day is a day to learn. If I stop learning, I stop living. I can learn something else that can then raise my level of excellence. And right. the most, and, and I've, I felt this so much in my spirit, in my heart. I won the world title in 1995. In 1996, I was given a chance to present a session at the Toastmasters International Convention for about 600 people. And I chose as my type, my topic, be your best about excellence. Right. That was 1996, uh, 23 years ago. And to this day, Mr. RK3, I tell you with no reservation that the t- my speech topic, how to be your best, is my most requested keynote to this day. Right. I gave that keynote speech last month in Ohio to, to a company there. That is what people are hearing and they're receiving, receiving well. I first gave this speech on excellence in 1996. Mm-hmm. That became for me the, the driving force. If we seek to be excellent, then we have to find ways to overcome our fear. If we seek to be excellent, we'll find ways to help other people to grow as well. If we seek to be excellent, we'll forever understand that what we think is our best can still get better if we allow ourselves the opportunity to grow, to develop, to change, and to learn, and to be better. If I sound excited, <laughs> because I believe in this. So you yeah. know my heart is invested in this. 23 years, people still ask for this message. And you're right. Some people are not sure. I want to speak. And I ask my clients, what is your main message? Well, I could do this, and I could do that. So I say, listen, do me a favor. Think, about, think hard about what you want to talk about. If you need to get paper, list all the ideas in your heart and then sift through all of them and find the one you want. When you think you do, you got to do one more thing. You must be able to, to write down for me or to say, tell me in 10 words or fewer, what is your main message? If you can tell me in 10 words or fewer what your message is, I think you're there. If you can't, you're not there yet. Go back and come back to me in a week and a half. Wow. Sounds wow. tough, right? But yeah. I, I, I coach for a living. And yeah. when, people can, when they can pinpoint focus what their message is, and they can state it articulately without stumbling, this is the message. I, yeah. I believe everyone, everyone's best can be better. Wow. And I'll, and I'll show you how to do that. There you go. So I, I appreciate the concern you have about speakers who do that. But if we aren't sure what our message is, how can we effectively communicate that to our audiences? Wow. So last question here. How, how do people, 
how long does it take your coaching clients typically to find that message or to narrow that down, nail it down? Well, the good news is most people who come to me know what they want to talk about, but they can't articulate it well. Gotcha. How do I write a speech? How do I look on the platform? And they're nervous about it. So I have clients at every level. I have emerging speakers. I have good speakers. I have professional speakers. I got one guy now in, in, in Barcelona from uh, Germany, living in Barcelona, Spain. He will hit me up once a year. Mark, I got a new keynote. Help me with this. So I have to assess them initially. But for those who are just starting out, it might take six months of coaching twice a month. It could be 12 sessions with me. But my goal is not to make them champions. My goal is to, is to draw out from them that message inside them, those stories, the anecdotes, that which supports them and, uh, and then show them how to use their language, their body, their gestures, their whole package to be memorable on the platform. I want my clients to be unforgettable on the platform. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Listen, Mark, where else can people, where can people find you online to connect with you? Listen, you can always look at my website, markbrownspeaks.com. It's real simple. And you can email me my name and what I do. Mark, is M-A-R-K, not a C with a K, mark at markbrownspeaks.com. Website is markbrownspeaks.com. Hit me up, check me out. I'm also highly Googleable. If you go to Google and Google Mark Brown Speaker, you'll see videos, you'll see articles, you'll see comments, and hopefully nothing too bad. I'm also on LinkedIn, Mark L. Brown. I'm on Twitter, at Mark Leo Brown. I'm all over the place, hard to hide. And all I want to do, Mr. RK3, is to help people be who they can truly be. Oh, I did a rhyme there. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I think I'm going to use that word. I never heard somebody say that they're highly Googleable before. (laughs) Dude, you can take it, man. You can use it. (laughs) I'm highly Googleable. I'm also YouTubeable as well. So (laughs) imagine creating success with 40 bucks. The lesson here is never give up simply because your immediate circumstances scream. You can't do it. Never give up because what you have in your hand doesn't indicate great odds for success. Don't let your now dictate your next. You can make great things happen because there's greatness within you. In fact, it's time for you to own it, believe it, and use it to help someone else see it in themselves. It's time. It's time. It's time. That's all for today. Check the links and the resources you need in the show notes. Then go over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and review for the show. Also, head over to the other major podcast outlets, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, guys, I hope you had fun today. I hope you learned something. Most of all, I hope that you were inspired, motivated, and compelled to jump out of your comfort zone and share your story. If I can be helpful to you with that process, let me know. Hop over to robertkennedy3.com. That's robertkennedy, the number three, dot com. Hey, y'all, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story, yeah, your story, deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy the third, and you've been listening to... The Ar-